Just, I'd like to, I've got a few announcements here that I'd just like to go through very quickly. I just want to thank everyone who organized or helped in any way to make the in-church weekend uh, such a success. What a lovely time, um, both a thought-provoking and inspirational time, uh, with a lot of fun and laughter and good food, uh, and special thanks to Barry and Tom Henry. And we just left those up for you. Those are some of the desires that people have put down as we're discussing yesterday, desires for the church, for our way ahead, and so forth. So, uh, also a big congratulations. You've probably seen the photographs of Sheila Palmer, uh, who was at Buckingham Palace. Where, there she is there. She was at Buckingham Palace. During the week, and and uh, getting hugs from the guards. And, <laughs> uh, and Sheila had been awarded the BEM, so congratulations to Sheila. Uh, there's an AGM praise night. It's a wee bit different for an AGM. We're going to have a time of worship during it. Uh, uh, Waiting for Sophie are going to be leading us in worship, and we'll have different groups that are involved in the church, and they'll come up and share a few words with us, and then we'll pray with them over each thing. So that's this Wednesday night. Please, very welcome to come along. We'd love to see you all here at half past seven. Okay, committee meeting on Tuesday, 24th of May, half past seven in the church. And uh, next Sunday is our PW Circle of Friends service uh, with guest speaker Linda Graham. Also next week, one week earlier than normal, is our Life Lounge at half past seven. And then the following week, the 29th of May, we'll have our family service here as usual, the last Sunday in every month. Okay, so please also don't forget also our Queen's Platinum Jubilee Party. It's going to be on Friday the 3rd of June from 1 p.m. to half past three. And we're trying to get as many flyers out as we possibly can. Uh, We're printing probably about 8,000 altogether, so they'll be going into schools and around the community, and we're trying to get them out, so we need uh, a a little help. Uh, Karen Cardi will be at the door if you would really like to, maybe even if you can put out 10 flyers, 20 flyers in your local area, if you can just let Karen know and to cover those yourselves, flyers will be here next Sunday for you to pick up and take. So we're looking forward to that. There's going to be plenty of stuff for the kids. There's going to be bouncy castles. There's going to be a range of different music going on, live singing, uh, coffee, hot dogs. And the guy that you saw a couple of weeks ago, Sam Shaw's coming to entertain the kids. Two little shows on that afternoon. So there's a lot happening in those couple of hours. Uh, Christian Aid, are, they're not calling at, at doors this year, um, but there's a bucket just outside, just outside here, uh, just outside the quad room. If you like to give a donation, it's totally voluntary, and I have to stress that we're very conscious as a church of what we've been asking you to, to give and contribute over the last months. It's been a lot with different things that have just been, uh, there's different appeals that have come along and with Afghanistan and Ukraine and so forth. So it's voluntary. If you want to give something, you can, and the bucket's there, okay? Um, Our Easter gift day, thank you for your generosity there, raised £2,745. Just final announcement, just with regard to the wearing of masks in service, in church services. Um, Church House has now left it to the discretion of the Kirk Session, and uh, our Kirk Session have decided that wearing a mask 
or not is down to the choice of the individual. So if you feel more comfortable and safer to wear a mask, please do. Um, But if you don't have to wear a mask anymore in the services. Okay, let me just start with reading Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 to 3. This is about keeping our eyes fixed on Jesus Christ. No matter how hard life becomes, we keep our eyes fixed on him. Therefore, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. Amen. We're going to have what I call contemplative worship to settle your hearts. Maybe you've spilt the porridge on the floor or you've burnt your hand trying to make the toast or something and you've just been frustrated this morning and this is a chance to just settle our hearts before God. It's called Settle My Heart.
Hello? That's not working. (laughs) Okay, we've got some jokers in the place here. (laughs) Okay. All right. That's not working. So I'm going to invite the young people, everyone who's got exams. It's a very important time over May and June. So I'm asking the young people to come up for a wee minute, can you? For a wee minute. And even if you can come over, are these mics on? No, they're not on either. Okay. <laughs> well, just shout as if you're shouting for Ukraine to win the Eurovision Song Contest. Okay. So, oh, do you want to come up? Anyone who has exams over the next month or so, if you want to come up here a wee minute, just for a wee minute. Right. Okay. And I want you to remember these faces. Okay. And I want you to commit over the next month or so, to pray for them, because it's a lot of commitment, it's a lot of pressure on them, and I just pray for God's strength for them. So I'm going to ask them to say their name, okay, and to say the, what they're doing over the next month. That's not actually working. Oh, it's working now. Great. Hallelujah. Hi, I'm John, and I'm last year of A-levels at the moment, so I'm doing maths, physics, and geography. So lovely subjects. Uh, some of you might say, but hopefully they go well for me. Uh, hi, I'm Owen. I have uh, summer exams, which is just every subject, and I'm uh, about to do them next, starting next week. Um, hi, I'm Amy. Uh, I have exams at university coming up, so, uh, and I'd just like to make aware of Ellie and Evie over here, who also have exams. <laughs> if you could uh, keep them in your prayers as well, that would be great. Thank you. Hi, I'm Anna, and I'm doing my GCSEs over the next two months, so hopefully they go well. Hi, I'm Olivia. I'm starting my GCSEs this year, but I'm just doing mocks, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. And uh, then David, my son, he's doing his exams, his final year um, at Stramilla. So please remember these folks. Will you commit to pray for them? This girl in the, in the middle, is that Holly, is it? 
Holly? Holly, yes, Holly. What are you doing? A-levels, okay, there's Holly as well. So I want a verbal response. Will you commit to pray for them? Yes. Good, thank you very much. Thank you. Thanks, folks. Okay, we're going to stand and worship God with all for Jesus. So just want to pray for young people, okay? And I think that song's very appropriate. Their plans are in God's hands. Okay, so let's just pray. Father, we just thank you for our young people. Lord, we thank you for their ambitions and their plans and their hopes and their dreams and their desires. Lord, we thank you for those things. And Father, today, this month or so could be very pressurized for them. And we just pray, God, that they might know your peace. Lord, that they might have clarity of mind as they study. Lord, that they might know that you're with them in all of these things. And Father, that as they seek you, you will give them everything they need, Father. No matter what those results are, Lord, that you will guide them, that you will give them exactly what they need. Father, we just pray be with them and help us, Lord, to remember them over the next weeks. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to ask John Armstrong, who's going to come and he's going to read for us uh, in Acts. Uh, that screen actually is not working at the back there. That's why I'm coming down. If, if there's something just needs to be switched on, I don't know if there is. But... Thanks. Good morning. The reading is from Acts 13, verses 1 to 5. 
Now in the church of Antioch, there were prophets and teachers. Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manan, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. While they were worshipping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said unto them, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work which I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed a hand upon them and sent them off. The two of them, sent on the way by the Holy Spirit, went down to Cilicia and sailed from there to Cyprus. When they arrived at Salamis, they proclaimed the word of God in the Jewish synagogues. John Mark was with them as a helper. God bless the reading of his word. Okay. Now, what, why, why do we exist as a church? Why are we here in Ballycrocken? And one of the reasons, the main reason, is that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ. We have a relationship with the Father in heaven. And what we're here to do is to try and bring people into that relationship with Christ to show them that life is not meaningless, but life is purposeful and to, to connect them with the Father, okay, and with God himself. So this here, this is Jesus' command. He said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. And that's what the gospel is. The gospel, boys and girls, is what Jesus has done enough on the cross, enough that he can take your hand and he can take the Father's hand and he can bring them together. And that's the good news of the gospel, that people might know the love of God and the goodness of God. Okay, now I want to think today about a couple of missionaries. First of all, there's Apostle Paul. If you look at all those lines, he was on three missionary journeys. And over all that, there's the Aegean Sea. That's uh, Tom and Evelyn are right there at the moment. So hi to Tom and Evelyn if they're watching. Uh, But you can see there um, how many miles. They reckon Paul walked at least 10,000 miles. And then he sealed as well. And uh, it was a really, really difficult time for Paul. But all he wanted to do was to get the good news of the gospel out, that you can have a relationship with God through Jesus Christ. That's what it was all about. That's what we're about in Valley Crocken here. But it's not always easy. Listen to, this. Listen to this, what Paul went through. He tells us in 2 Corinthians 11, Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Now, in Jewish terms, they thought that a 40 lashes could kill a man. So they decided to be gracious and only give 39 instead. So Paul says, five times I received the lashes on my back. Three times I was beaten with rods. Uh, Once I was pelted with stones three times. Three times I was shipwrecked. I spent a night and a day in the open sea. I've constantly been on the move. I've been in danger of rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my fellow Jews, in danger in the city, in the country, at sea. He's been through an awful lot. And he just, it was only, he went through all of that, all of that, to bring the gospel to people. I want to tell you about a man who, who was just an ordinary man, Hudson Taylor. Some of you might have heard about him, but Hudson Taylor, at the age of four, he turned around and he said to his mum and dad, he says, I 
I'm going to be a missionary in China. Now, he wasn't even a Christian at the time. And he came into his teenage years, and he started drinking, and he started going out to, to wild parties, and he started messing about and doing things that he shouldn't do. And one day he walked into his dad's library just to find a book. He was bored. He wanted to find a book to read. And he went in, and he found a little gospel track, and it was called It Is Finished. And uh, he started to wonder, what does this mean? It is finished. What is this all about? And it turned out that he found out that these are the words that Jesus said as he hung on the cross. These were one of Jesus' last words. And he was saying, it is finished. I have done everything I can do to bring a relationship to people between God and them, to bring someone to my Father. That's what I've done. I've completed the task. I've finished the work. And you know what? When Hudson Taylor read that and he understood what Jesus had done for him, boys and girls, he got down on his knees in his father's library and he asked Christ to come in to his life and he trusted him. Now, he was all excited about this, and, but he started, his heart started going cold again. So he decided, I'm going away. I'm going to try and find time with God myself. So he went away and he spent time with God himself And it was then when he was with God alone that he realized, I have to go to China. So from that moment, he started preparing to go to China. He started lying, sleeping on hard mattresses. He started to learn the Old Testament language, which was Hebrew, the New Testament language, which was Greek and Chinese as well. And he started doing all this. And he thought to himself, out there, they might not have many doctors. So he started studying medicine. And this was all in preparation. And then on the 19th of September, 1853, he he headed out of Liverpool's dock in the boat, destined to China, so excited about going to China. But they came into rough seas, at least two rough seas. They nearly sank during two rough seas, during the voyage. And they were nearly eaten once. Now let me tell you what happened there. They were coming around the coast of Papua New Guinea, and uh, there, there was this massive storm, and the wind was bringing them into the rocks. And Papua New Guinea, there were cannibals. Do you know what cannibals are? We don't have them anymore, but cannibals were tribes that killed their enemies and then ate them. So they were so sure that this ship was going, it was feet away from the rocks. They were so sure that this ship was going to hit the rocks and sink. They had the barbecues on. They were getting that everything, all the fire going and all. Oh, this is, this is a certain day. We haven't eaten for days, but now, boy, it's going to be a feast. So, but the thing is, Hudson Taylor got down his knees on the deck, and three other guys who were Christians, and he prayed, and suddenly there was this wind that just took them away from Papua New Guinea and on course again. And when he arrived... In uh, China, he started to go through, he got a little boat and he was going around the villages along a river, which is a very, very beautiful river, but dangerous river, but very, uh, very beautiful. And he got a wee boat and he started going around 58 villages. And seven of the villages had never, or no, seven, only seven of the villages had ever heard of Jesus. Only seven. So there was 51, never didn't even know who Jesus was. And he traveled around all these villages. 
uh, just to share that, listen, God loves you. Listen, do you realize that God loves you so much that he sent his own, very own son and that he took the punishment for your sin and he took all of that so that you wouldn't have to be punished yourself and so that when you come to faith in Jesus Christ, all your sins are cleansed and you're guaranteed a place with God forever and ever. And he shared that with them. But boy, Hudson Taylor, like Paul, he had hard times. He had really hard times. But God used Hudson Taylor to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. And his hard times, do you know what? His wife had bad health. She died. Four of his children died because of just the illnesses and the temperature out there, 103 Fahrenheit and things, just sticky. It was bad to live there for them. And he lost four of his children. And there was a woman who was looking after him. He had some of his children safe in England. And a woman was looking after them, and she, she died. So he realized, I need to go back home to England. And he got on the big ship again to head back to England, and he had a massive fall on the boat and ended up paralyzed. And sometimes you wonder, why on earth does God allow things like that to happen? But God says that, you know, he doesn't take you out of the trouble sometimes, but he'll pass through. You'll pass through the, the deep waters. You'll pass through the fire. He'll bring you through. And you know what? He, 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 he just, he kept his eyes fixed on Jesus Christ and there was a song that he used to remind himself of, that he was safe in the hands of Jesus. Like, you know, listen, here's a wee verse for you. This is the Yancey River. Isn't it beautiful? It's a beautiful river. And here's a verse which was very precious to Hudson Taylor. It's from Isaiah 26, verse 3. You will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stead on you because he trusts in you. And boys and girls, I know it's hard. Young ones, it's, I know what doing exams is like, and sometimes you feel pressure, pressure. It's difficult, it's, it, you know, and you're worried and you're stressed, and your teachers are at you to study. But listen, keep the eyes of your heart fixed on Jesus Christ. He has a plan for you. He's a plan for you, and whatever he has for you will come to you if you seek him. And, and the same with mums and dads, you're going through a difficult period. You know, God doesn't say life's easy, but he says, I'll be with you every step of the way. He doesn't say that you want to just change your circumstances so you're living a life of tremendous, easy, 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 pain, painless life. He says, no, but I'll be with you in the hard times. And I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. So... We're going to, I'm going to, oh, I forgot this wee visual aid there. We're to be a light. That's what Bally Crockett is. Don't see it very well here in the light. It's better in the dark, but we're to be a light. And that's what the Jubilee thing is about. That's what everything we do here is about. We want to connect with a community. We want people, we want to genuinely help people. Because God calls us to help people. But through it all, we want, them, we want to introduce them to a God who's faithful and true and who will never leave them and who will never forsake them. That's what everything we do around here is about. Okay, so we're going we're gonna to sing My Lighthouse. I'm sure you'll love that one. We're going to sing. It's a good exercising one. So anybody falling asleep, you can start. And we're going to ask the young ones are going to come up and do the exercises. 
Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
and now the, the Bible class and Sunday's club uh, are going out and uh, if you're a visitor this morning please follow them out and someone will guide you to us to where to go and uh, if you need the crash there's a crash just over here on my left you're right um, just through those doors and into the left okay and don't forget to pray for young people I'm going to ask uh, Adrian Jordan is going to come and do a prayer of intercession for us now. We're now in the, the post-Easter time and Jesus did spend time with his, his disciples again before he was taken up to heaven. So although he's now, he was then hidden from sight and from our sight, Jesus lives forever. And in him, we can live the resurrection life, even while we're here on earth. So let's pray. Our Father, we want to live your way and to do your will offer you true worship and serve one another in love. And we pray that you will empower us, your church, to do this. Live in us, Lord. Transform us. And Holy Spirit, we pray that you would fill us. And this morning we want to pray for our world our church and community, and our family and friends. We pray for all the nations of the world, that all world leaders would be aware that all authority on earth comes from you and that they will be answerable for their decisions and actions. And we bring before you the people of Ukraine for the families of those who have died, all those injured and those displaced and now refugees. And we pray for a way to be found to bring peace in that area. Lord, we also pray for East Africa, struggling with drought and forgotten by the rest of the world. We pray for rain, but we also pray for long-term plans to prevent such devastation again. And we pray too for our projects in Ramagana and Arequipa, Father, that you would provide for them abundantly, not just financially, but spiritually, emotionally, and all things that they need. Lord, we pray for our own country and the political situation. We pray for inclusion, integrity, compromise, and a real solution to enable people to be helped in difficult financial times. Lord, we want your healing for this land. 
those whose lives are aching and weary, those imprisoned by fears and hatred. And again, Lord, we pray for transformation. Our Father, we want to commit into your care our loved ones. We ask for our children to be safely and lovingly nurtured. Our elders, to be, our elderly to be valued and cared for. Our homes to be places of welcome and warmth. And Father, in the silence, we pray for those we know to be ill or struggling. And again, we remember all our young ones who have exams in May and June. Our Father, we want to worship and praise you with our voices and our lives. Shape us to your purpose and use us, we pray, for the sake of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. <coughs> Thank you, Adrian. Um, I'm going to invite Calvin. Um, not sure where he's sitting. Oh, there he is. Uh, Calvin's going to come and sing uh, to us. Uh, thank you. As a child, I was brought up with my granny.
Thank you, Calvin. Um, during the week when Calvin, I heard that song and I was standing at the back just checking the sound and I was trying to hold back the tears because as he sang that, I was thinking, well, I became a Christian. I gave my life to Christ when I was uh, 14 in the Ulster Temple on the Ravenhill Road. And there was a man there, Pastor Ailing, at the time. And he's a great pastor and, you know, I never got to meet him or thank him. But uh, shortly after that, he went off to India. He felt called God to go to India. And uh, some years later, he, he took some sort of uh, viral infection or disease in India and passed away. But when, he, when Calvin was singing that, I was filling up because, you know, how many of us, we've got Sunday school teachers that have done something in our lives or spoken to us or someone uh, that have brought us to the Lord. Um, but uh, I just want to read Philippians chapter 2, uh, verses 12 to 18. Um, Philippians two twelve to 18. Therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you to will and to act according to his good purpose. Do everything without complaining or arguing, so that you may become blameless and pure, children of God without fault, in a crooked and depraved generation, in which you shine like stars in the universe, as you hold out the word of life, in order that I may boast on the day of Christ that I did not run or labor for nothing, but even if I am being poured out like a drink offering on the sacrifice and service coming from your faith, 
I'm glad and rejoice with all of you. So you too should be glad and rejoice with me. You've got an opportunity now. We're going to sing, My Heart is Filled with Thankfulness. I'm sure you've got many things. We've got so much to thank God for. So let's stand. Let's thank him. My heart is filled with thankfulness. Thank you. So I just want to look at uh, Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 to 18. Last time we were looking at Philippians, I, I used the analogy of upstairs, downstairs. Uh, that old TV program where the gentry, they lived upstairs while the servants' quarters were downstairs. And we saw in verses 5 to 8 how Christ descended from upstairs to downstairs, uh, from being in very nature God to taking the very nature of a servant. And we saw how, like a stone in a catapult, where Christ was brought lower and lower and lower and lower, and even down to death and death on a cross. And then like a stone being catapulted back up, he was super exalted, and the Father gave him the name that is above every name. The Father gave him his own name, Yahweh. So, but now in verse 12, there's a therefore And, you know, there's something coming when you hear a therefore. Paul wants to apply it to the church, to us. And he says, 
Up to now, Paul has spoken, you see, of the obedience of Jesus Christ, obedience which led him the whole way to the cross. And uh, now he says, therefore, my dear friends, as you have always obeyed, and he speaks to them as people who have obeyed out of their faith, as a result of their faith in Christ, they've obeyed. He says, you've always obeyed, but I have something to say to you. He says, continue to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. And don't be thinking that I, the way I used to think uh, regarding this verse, if God does his bit and I do my bit, then I'll be a better Christian, I'll be a better follower of Christ. That's not it at all. Um, as we'll see in a moment, it's all of God. It's all of God's grace. It's all for God's glory. Think back to earlier in the letter, Philippians 1 verse 6. I am sure of this, writes Paul, that he... He who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Jesus Christ. But something else which is important to point out uh, is that Paul is speaking primarily to the church. He's speaking to the church, and he's secondly to the individuals. But here he's speaking to the church, so he's not telling us as individuals in some way to work at salvation. He's telling us to work as a body Continue to work out your salvation as a corporate body, as a church, with fear and trembling. Primarily speaking to the church, but then obviously to individuals, because the church is made up of individuals. A whole mishmash of personalities put into a church. People from different backgrounds. People that have grown up in different areas, and they're brought together. I remember Alan Redpath said, put two Christians in a room long enough, and you'll have a civil war on your hands. And that's what Paul is addressing in Philippi. We'll see in a moment, that's the problem in the church there. You know, the term salvation, we usually refer to it as our, a soul being saved, uh, as in eternal life. But salvation in general means to be saved from harm, to be saved from hurt. And that's what Paul is referring to here. He's saying, um, he's saying, make sure, work out a way, as a part of the body of Christ, work out a way of preventing hurt and harm and division and dissensions and disputes among you. You know, Paul is concerned, and he says, listen, I want you to work out a way of having peace in the church, of loving one another in the church, even though you're from different backgrounds and different personalities. I want you to work that out. Work it out with fear and trembling, because with fear and trembling, you're going to give an account before God how you treated others. So he's saying to us, and he's saying to the church at Philippi, be very serious. He's talking about reforming church life. Work at it until the spiritual health of the church is restored, until any bad feeling between one another is gone. But the good news is that God never leaves us to our own devices. You know, what God wants to be done is to be done in complete and utter reliance upon him, not upon us. Verse 13, um, sorry. Verse 13, for it is God who works in you to will and to act in order to fulfill 
his good purpose. You know, this is, I want you to really get this. This is one of the most important things that you can get in the Christian life. This is a beautiful description of God's ability to fill a man or fill a woman with his spirit, with the power to transform the human heart, and the result consequently is a transformed life. Do you remember when you first came to put your trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life? Maybe you haven't done that yet, and I hope you do. Um, but when we first approach him, we come to him in a state of total and utter helplessness. Because there is no way, there's nothing we can do. There is nothing that we can do that is good enough to reconcile ourselves to God. There's nothing. Even if you've only sinned once in your whole life, it's enough to separate you from God for all eternity. So when we come to Christ, we are coming helpless. We are calling on God's mercy, on Christ's mercy, calling on Christ to be our Savior. We're calling on Him, asking for His forgiveness, trusting in the precious blood of Jesus Christ to cleanse us as white as snow. We are trusting that when Jesus hung on the cross and said, it's finished, I have done this for you, it is finished. I've done everything that you need now. We're trusting Him because on our own, we're going nowhere. But when you put your trust in him, the most wonderful, excellent thing happens. Well, you receive his forgiveness. Yes, you receive a fresh start. But something even more wonderful than that happens. You receive the spirit of God to live in you. Jesus tells us that he comes to make his home in you. Paul writes in Romans 8 verse 9, if anyone does not have the Spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. If you have trusted in Jesus Christ, the Spirit of God will definitely be in your heart, in your body, living in you, making his home in you. And that's your power source for living the Christian life. See, Jesus just as he realized that it would be impossible for us to save ourselves and we come to him when we come to Christ, we come helpless, he also realized it would be impossible for us to live the Christian life in our own strength, in our own sinful humanity. There's no way we can do it. And so Jesus says, whenever you trust him, the spirit of the living God comes to live within you that he might live the Christian life in you and through you. It's not a matter of stress and effort and exhaustion. It's a matter of surrender. God, come and live in me and through me today. You know, so many, and I have been included, you know, how we have lived to try and keep the law, to try and, you know, keep the law in the Old Testament to try and keep what Jesus says in the Sermon on the Mount. And the, the bar is too high. It's far too high. It's deliberately too high. Because we need God to live it in us and to live it through us. Paul writes this for, in verse 13, For it is God who works in you to will and to act 
in order to fulfill his good purpose. God's Spirit working in you, transforming your will to come in line with his will. In you, transforming your desires to come in line with his desires. In you, transforming your prayers to be woven according to his will. And consequently, transforming our actions. You know, in this case, Paul is particularly speaking about how we treat one another in the context of church. How we treat one another. What Paul is talking about here is living a spirit-filled life where God's spirit is continually filling us, living in us, and working through us. It is God, says Paul, who works in you to will and to act. It's not a place of striving, it's a place of surrender. It's not a place of stress, it's a place of surrender. God says, I will live it through you. Listen to how Paul explains it in Colossians 1.27. To them God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles. You're the Gentiles. I'm the Gentiles. Non-Jews. To them God has chosen to make known among the people in Ballycrocken the glorious riches of this mystery. What's the mystery? Christ in you. You can't do it on your own. I've met so many people who have said to me, Mark, I could never be a Christian because I could never keep up to it. None of us keep up to it. We all fall every day. But God says, I give you my spirit that I might live in you and live through you. Not striving. Surrender. It's his peace in you, which he wants to bring to you. That that peace might be a strength, an inner strength in you. And that you then might be able to pass that inner strength on to someone else. It's his patience in you, which he wants to bring, that you bring a calmness to situations in other people's lives. It's the joy that he wants to fill you with the joy of Jesus Christ, the joy and the meaningfulness of life that you might go around singing his praises and be a a blessing to others around you. It's God in you, living in and through you, and it starts on a daily basis, surrender. I remember Billy Strachan, principal of Cape and Ray. He was an alcoholic, and... um, He used to say, like, the only reason when I go back to Glasgow, the only reason I don't go into a pub is because the Holy Spirit doesn't go there anymore. The Holy Spirit doesn't drink in there anymore. He used to start off his day every day saying, come and have a nice day living through me. And his final prayer at night was, Holy Spirit, I hope you enjoyed the day living through me. We have a a beautiful line at the back there, awakened and transformed by the love of Jesus. When we put our trust in Jesus, it's because the Holy Spirit has opened our eyes to our need of Christ. 
And by his Spirit living on us, he transforms our hearts and our lives. And it's his love that he wants to put and pour out onto other people. We have such a fragile love. We love one another. Yes, we do. But it's fragile. And often it's conditional. God's love is unconditional. And he wants to put that in us that it might flow out into the community around us. Because there are people out there less than 200 yards away and they're, pain, they're in pain and they're grieving and they feel lost and some feel suicidal and some have, have lost any sort of quality. They don't know what life's about. They've lost a meaning of life. And we've got the good news of the gospel and that's why Paul thousands of miles he traveled being beaten up and kicked in the head and left for dead and that's because that's he he just didn't care about that he wanted to get the gospel out he wanted to get the gospel out it is god who says paul who works in you to will that's your inward part and to act that's your outward part in order to fulfill his good purpose but paul continues in um Verse 14, do everything without grumbling or arguing. And that's been the main problem in the church at Philippi. Grumbling, arguing, discontentment, disputes. And how easy it is to grumble about so many things, about the traffic and about the weather and about our jobs. In this case, it was grumbling within the church I want you to try and imagine Paul sitting in a prison cell and he's chained to a Roman guard. Here's a man, he, he longs to be on the go all the time. He longs to be on the go 24-7, sharing Christ, thousands of miles, walking, going into ships that sink and spent time in the water trying to tread water. Suddenly now his life, after being so full, seems to have come to a sudden halt. He's in a prison. He's a man who's got a right to grumble. Here's a man, his life is now for the moment it's going in a different direction than what he's used to. He could grumble, he could complain, he could be nasty to the guards. But for Paul, it's about trying to find God's presence in the situation and God's peace and purpose in the situation. So instead of arguing about the food in the prison or the guard beside him getting on his wick, he decides to share the gospel with the guards. Finding God in the situation, finding God's peace in the situation. Paul says, to these in Philippi, listen, as his friend, I tell you, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Perhaps you feel like Paul this morning. Perhaps you feel that your life has come to a sudden halt or suddenly taken a different direction, and it could be illness, it could be bereavement, it could be a loss of job, it could be another reason, and you feel that your life just has come to a screeching halt or it's going down somewhere where you didn't plan it to go. And you're going, it wasn't meant to go like that. And that's not an easy place to be. And it's easy to become bitter when life hits you hard. But do what Paul does. He trusts the one whose name is above every name. Christ knows the way. You know, I love the sea. 
I really love the sea, but I've never sailed a yacht before. Um, but I imagine one of the scariest things you're sailing a yacht uh, would be simply when, when the mist begins to fall and you can't see six foot in front of you and you don't know what ways land and all you can do is trust in the compass. And it's hard. You're waiting to hit a rock, but you're just trusting in the compass to bring you through. You know, when Job is in great difficulty in the Old Testament, his life has come to a standstill. He's lost his children. He's lost his cattle. He's lost his camels. He's lost his servants. He speaks about his search for God. He says, I can't find God anywhere in my life at the moment. I can't find what God is doing in my life at the moment. But then he says, but he knows the way that I take. When he's tested me, I will come forth as gold. God knows exactly where you are this morning. Please trust him. But Paul writes, do everything without grumbling or arguing. Do everything without grumbling or arguing. You know, it's a scientific fact that grumbling's not good for your health. Did you know that? It really isn't good for your health. I was reading about this during the week. When you grumble, the stress hormone cortisol is released and uh, it compromises our immune system. It puts up our blood pressure. You're more at risk of heart disease. But that's, that's just by the by. But Paul is, isn't thinking of the consequences to your health. So what's in Paul's mind here? He goes on to tell us, so that you can become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a warped and crooked generation. So Paul is calling the church in Philippi to reformation. To reformation, to get their house in order so that God's purpose for them could be fulfilled. What is God's purpose for them? To be a witnessing community where they are in Philippi. For us to be a witnessing community where we are in Ballycrock, and that's God's purpose for us. And he's telling Paul, get your house in order. Um, you know, how we live is so important. It's more important than preaching. People need to see what difference Jesus Christ makes in your life by your behavior, by your treatment of them. Paul calls followers of Christ to stand out in a good way. Place a straight stick beside a crooked stick and you'll soon see the difference. And that's what we're to do in our lives. We're to live to honor God and to love others. Paul calls followers of Christ to stand out in a really good way. Paul lived in a time when Caesar was worshipped. And those who followed Christ, they were persecuted. And it was a warped and and an awful, corrupt generation. But Paul is saying, be a witness to your neighbors. Let them see the difference that Christ makes in your life. But that generation was no more warped than our generation today. Put on the new, read a newspaper, put on a, the news and television, and you'll see politicians fighting and lying and bickering and scheming. And 
You see bombs hitting schools. You see bombs hitting maternity hospitals in Ukraine. And how can humanism teach that man is getting better? What a load of rubbish that is. Man is as sick in sin as he ever was. And he needs a saviour. Paul then continues finally, nearly finished here. Paul then continues, Then you will shine among them like stars in the sky as you hold firmly to the word of life. This is uh, uh, an allusion to Daniel chapter 12 verse 3. Describes the resurrection age when those who are wise shall shine like the brightness of the sky above, it says. Those who turn many to righteousness like the stars forever and ever. Paul is saying that Christians who live in humility, who genuinely love one another, who genuinely care for one another, consider one another as more important than themselves, they shine hope into a dark world. They shine love into a world of hate. They shine, you know, grace into a world of greed. They shine resurrection light into a dark community, especially as they hold firmly to the word of life, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. And I just finish again with Acts 1, verse 8. Jesus, before he leaves his disciples, he says, you will receive power. He never, never leaves us on our own to do anything. He says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes to you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. Witnesses first in your hometown. Witnesses first in Ballycrocken. And in all Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, how we have fallen so many times on our faces as Christians. And we will continue to fall until the day you take us home. But Lord, how we have strived at times and been exhausted in trying to live the Christian life in our own strength. It's not possible. That's why you give us your spirit, Lord, within us, to live in us, to live through us. And each day may we surrender to you, that you might touch the people during our day that you want us to touch, that we might Talk to the people that you want us to bless and encourage. Lord, that, you, that we might embrace those that you, if you were down here on earth in physical form, would embrace yourself. Use us, Father, as individuals, but use us as a church. And Lord, forgive us when, when Lord, we get caught up in small things. May your kingdom always be in our hearts, and your will for our church and for your people in this community always be foremost in our minds. In Jesus' name, amen. What's happening? <laughs> okay, we're going. There's somebody in heaven recording my sermon somewhere. <laughs> okay. Um, we're going to finish with uh, Be Thou My Vision. What a wonderful thing after the weekend we've had to, to sing Be Thou My Vision. Let that be a prayer.
just a wee reminder, I think there's a cup of tea afterwards, isn't there? Is there? Yes. <laughs> okay, a wee cup of tea afterwards, and uh, God bless you, and, and may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all now and forevermore.